0: Some of you all may not know this, but there are several significant days in American history that solidify independence.
1: July 4th, 1776 was when America declared its independence from Great Britain. And another solidifying independence is June 19, 1865, which commemorates the day when a union general came into Texas and gave an order that ended slavery.
0: Now you might think that the Emancipation Proclamation ended slavery. Well, it did, and it didn't.
1: Though it was issued by President Lincoln on January 1st, 1863, the news never reached Texas. Historians have many theories as to why the news wasn't delivered and why it wasn't enforced.
0: In any case, on June 19th, Union General Gordon Granger arrived in Galveston, Texas, and read General Order No. 3, which stated, the people of Texas are informed that, in accordance with a proclamation from the Executive Order of the United States, all slaves are free.
1: This involves an absolute equality of rights and rights of property between former masters and the enslaved.
0: Hearing this news, many of those who were enslaved left right away while others traveled up north. And still others left in an attempt to unite with their families and celebrate their newly found freedom.
1: They created a holiday on June the 19th, which eventually became shortened to Juneteenth. The early Juneteenth celebrations were a time for encouraging one another, praying for one another, and the gathering of remaining family members. Attire was an important custom. Black people dressed their best to symbolically denounce old laws prohibiting and limiting the dressing of the enslaved. Today, Juneteenth is widely commemorated across the nation and is now a federal public holiday. All kinds of cultural and family celebrations mark Juneteenth all across the country. It's a time for family reunions, barbecues, rodeos, and even parades.
0: Juneteenth celebrations often focused on education and self-improvement. Keynote speakers are brought in, and elders are often asked to recount the events of the past. Prayer services are also an integral part of this celebration.
1: This day of celebration is not just black history but American history and our story as a nation is one of triumph overcoming evil and perseverance Juneteenth is an opportunity to unite for our country to come together and share stories about the beauty that has arisen from the ashes of our past it is a day that we remember our resilience and our struggle
0: a day where we celebrate the founding principles of our nation
1: a day where we embrace the call to love one
0: another we invite you to celebrate Juneteenth if you never have participate this year in the celebration and in the struggle.
1: Recognizing that we as a nation have come so far, but the work is not done. Recognizing that we all have a role to play and to always believe that change is possible. And when you and I courageously stand together, there is no obstacle
0: that we as a nation cannot cannot overcome. Amen. Well, good morning I said, well, friends and family. If I haven't met you yet, my name is Maurice. I'm one of the pastors here on staff. Uh, I just want to welcome every single one of you and happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. I want to acknowledge you in the room on today. Happy Father's Day to my father, if you're watching online, and all the father figures as well. Uh, what an important uh, moment it is to just take a moment to stop and think, be thankful for all the fathers in our lives and the father figures in our lives. Uh, Today, as we get started, uh, we start our time together. And today is an interesting uh, Sunday. It's a unique Sunday, and I'm excited about it because we get to journey together, and it's a different type of journey. It's a journey as a family and as a collective community. uh, We're coming together to really lean into what it looks like to talk about Jesus on a day like this. Well, what does that mean? What does that even look like? Well, today, the way that I want to get there, the way, the journey that I want to take us on, I'm gonna be tackling some of that conversation and even asking the questions that I think are worth asking when it comes to the celebration and the acknowledgement of a day like Juneteenth. That's going to be a portion of my uh, message this morning, but this won't be all of my message. Uh, A portion of my message after we finish that is really leaning into uh, intertwining and connecting the two of the difference between Juneteenth and why we celebrate that on today. And where do we see those things in Scripture? Uh, the way that I want to get there is to—some of you may know my story. I grew up in a—what people would call a black church tradition, and this black church tradition was full of uh, just excitement. I don't know any introverts in the black church tradition because it's all extroverted, charismatic, expressive in our worship. Uh, one of the pillars of the black church tradition is what I would call a testimony service. Uh, a person you'll hear from later on, Miss Lauren. Uh, Miss Lauren, you in the room? Ms. Lauren, yeah, Miss Lauren, I know you know about testimony service. Yeah, I know you do. I know you do. A pillar in the black church tradition is a testimony service. And what it looks like is pretty much a, a collective community of all of us coming together. And the intentionality of it is to simply come together and tell stories about what God is doing in each other's lives. I may not know you from Adam, but if you showed up to testimony service and you are talking about what God is doing in your life, it's a moment to celebrate, even though it may not be me directly that's impacted, but I'm encouraged by the stories that are being told. As an aspiring minister, I remember growing up and we, uh, for uh, testimony service, I remember my pastor was teaching me and just even the decorum of how things operated. what we're supposed to do. And I remember I had the mic. I was like the runner. You know, I would take the mic and testimony service, we'd take the mic to each person and let them talk. And one of the testimony service I remember in particular, one of my first ones, I grabbed the mic and somebody raised their hand. I want to tell about the goodness of Jesus. We're like, okay, perfect. And I ran it over and I hand that person the mic and they get finished talking about how God has been good in their life. My pastor said, come here, Maurice, come here, come here, come here. He gave me the finger. I said, what, what, what? what's up, pastor? He said, don't you give nobody the mic. Don't hand it to them. They're going to think it's their time to preach. I want you to just hold it. Just hold it. I was like, all right, all right, all right pastor, I'm going to just hold it. I'm going to just hold it. And so we kept going on and we was going from person to person and we're just hearing these stories of what God is doing and how God is working in each person's life. And so I'm going around and I remember it vividly Uh, Mother Ballard was sitting on the front row. Now, in the black church tradition, we call people mothers. And these are speaking of the elderly women in the church who have gone through something, that have faced some arduous times, who have really have a story to tell where you really listen to what they're talking about because of the things that they've seen. I mean, I've heard people, you know, uh, tell, tell testimonies, and they're like, you know, I was born in 1932. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, you have seen some things. I remember Mother Ballard, she was sitting on the front row and she began to rock and she was rubbing her legs and she was rocking back and forth and she began to visibly weep. And I was like, oh man, she's about to raise her hand. And she raised her hand and she said, I want to talk about something. And she's raising her hand and she's weeping. And so I go over and, you know, people before and I handed, I reach the mic out and she reached forward and I kind of said no and I put it back. And the pastor said, Maurice, give her the mic. I said, you just told me don't hand nobody the mic. In my head, I'm like, man, you just set me up for failure. But obviously, it was another learning moment that when it comes to the mothers of the church, they have seniority. And when it comes to them, lay out the red carpet, don't do anything, get out the way and let them tell about the goodness of Jesus. In the testimony service, so she begins to talk about it. And as she's going, and she's rubbing her legs and she's going and she's talking back and forth. And she sat there. She started to talk about a moment where she was sitting in the bathtub a few days earlier. And she began to just weep. And she sat there for hours in the tub weeping. And she began to articulate why she was weeping. She said, I just sat there weeping because God brought back to my remembrance a time when we would have to boil water, take it outside to this tub, pour it in and go back and forth till we had enough water and all seven of us would have to take a bath in that same water because we couldn't waste water. And so she sat there and she said, and now... I get to run fresh water. She's rocking back and forth. And she's starting to tell this story. And she said, I just thank God that where I used to be, I'm not anymore. And it was in this moment that I began to realize the power of testimony. Testimony is the bridge between the past and the present that talks about how God has been faithful. Ascent this morning, as we tackle the question of why Juneteenth and why this conversation we are elevating today, I think there's many directions that we can go. I think in particular that it's only a particular group of people that are thinking through these questions and wrestling with them, and rightfully so. And I think to myself that this is important to ask. And as we tackle this this morning, I have a few short answers and i got a few long answers for you. In short, I believe as a faithful Christian community, biblical witnesses of God's power, why would we talk about a day like Juneteenth on this morning? Well, I believe because Juneteenth is a testament to God's power. If if you don't take anything else away from this morning, I want you to realize that that day and that historical moment and why we think back and look back on that day, it is because it is reflection of God's power, not ours. That's the main point of today. Juneteenth is a reminder of God's power, not ours. And as we lean into that, as we sit into that moment on today, I think it's important to realize that as we look at today and we look at Juneteenth, Juneteenth is America's testimony. I'm going to preach this morning. I feel it. (laughs) Juneteenth is America's testimony. It's the bridge between the past and the present and why we sit in this moment to say God has been faithful because I believe there's people in this room that need the faithfulness of God. I believe it's some people in this room that need encouragement around the power of God. And we stop in moments like these and say this is the America's testimony because when we look at Juneteenth, we can look back and say, if God did it before, he can do it again. And somebody in this room is in need of an again type of miracle. God, I've seen you work before, I've seen you do a few things in my life and you've brought me from where I was, but I need an again type of miracle. Lord, will you do it again? It's the faithfulness of God that we can recognize that the same God that brought a group of people that were enslaved and oppressed, and don't forget that it was the black church that had such a power to push back against the evils of this world and recognize that if it was the same Jesus that helped that group of people, it's the same Jesus that can help us this morning. And the Bible tells us that it's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead that's living inside of every single one of us this morning. I think that's important to recognize because I think you might be in need of that power. You're facing some situations and you're wrestling with, is this me and I can't do this on my own and that's a good place to be because you recognize that only God can get me through this. Before we lean into today's scripture and today's time of articulating what scripture talks about when it comes to remembering the faithfulness of God, I want to take us to a moment where we lean into the Black Church experience. See, today, as you are lean, as you leave this place, and you're maybe your person who's wrestling with some of those questions. Maybe you're sitting in that. You know, I'm going some places and they got these flags up, these Juneteenth flags. And why, why is that? And I go to Macy's and they got this Juneteenth gear on. And why, why they got all these clothes that are talking about this? Here's what I want you to do. Here's a step for you to take. I want you to look at that knowing that is a testimony of how God has been faithful. I want you to look at that and say, thank you, Jesus. As you leave here today, I want you to take that with you and just say, as I'm walking around, as I'm looking at all these things and people celebrating, I may not fully get it, but I just want to say, thank you, Jesus. As you're walking around and you're going to see, like, after this, me and my wife, we're going down to Denver, I'm going to throw on my L.A. hat, and we're going to be going down to these Juneteenth celebrations and parades, and I'm going to have ribs in one hand, I'm going to be dancing, and I'm going to say, thank you, Jesus. I'm going to be acknowledging and celebrating the resilience and the perseverance of my ancestors to make it through such a hard time, and it is their faith in Jesus that brought them through. So, I'm going to just be sitting there dancing, recognizing, I don't know how you see Juneteenth, but I see it as God's testimony of what He can do in our lives today. Amen. Amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're going to get all of them already today. That's right. I'm going to have rims in one hand. I'm going to have a big old sweet tea in the other hand. I'm going to be listening to 90s hip-hop, just dancing. Thank you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. Mm. Got a little, little oop, oh, messed up. I got a little napkin. Wipe my, my, my cheeks off. And I'm going to be saying, thank you, Jesus. I'm going to be going ahead and hit the electric slide, and I'm going to be going back and forth, and we're going to be going. And me and I said so we going to be dancing. We're going to be doing our ta-ta slide. But don't get it twisted. I recognize that I can celebrate and acknowledge the faithfulness of how God has been through that time and through that arduous time and how he had brought this community to this place where freedom was ringing true. And now I can say, because God did it then, he can do it in my life. So I'm going to be dancing. I'm going to have all the food and me and Ice, we're going to be having a good time. We're going to be celebrating. I don't know why other people are there, but I'm going to sit there and I'm going to just be saying, thank you, Jesus. Look how you have been faithful that I can be my ancestor's wildest dream. That I can sit in this moment and say I live in a freedom because America came to this recognition and we move closer to the Imago day. all of us being made in God's image. And today, that's what I want to talk about. Because it's important for us to realize these things aren't just days that we idolize or days that we celebrate, but we look at it as a moment to say, this is a conversation starter, not something to stop the conversation, but to start the conversation and say, look what God did. And as we enter into that cross-cultural moment today of the black church experience, an essential piece to every single person's testimony in a testimony service, is the grace of God. And today, I want you to hear just a little bit of the sounds of the black church when it comes to the grace of God that they held on to, to bring them to freedom. Turn your attention to the screens and enter into this black church moment.
2: I want to say something to you about the meaning of the gospel you discover somehow that the more you try the more you discover that you can't do it alone no you end up in despair you end up in a tragic state you feel that you have lost out when I came to that point when I came to the point of feeling that I couldn't make it alone and I came to the point of realizing that I was too weak to make it. I discovered something else. I reached out and saw breaking out of eternity into time the powerful dimensions of God's grace where sin abounded. Grace abounded even more exceedingly. It is that grace that can lift you from the fatigue of despair to the buoyancy of hope. It is that grace that can lift you from the midnight of sorrow to the daybreak of joy. It is that grace that helps you to see that by the grace of the Almighty God, you can live in this world and you can live this life in the midst of man's tragic sin yes. and God's amazing grace. Mm-hmm. Mmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: Something about the sound of a person who saw some things, who's been through some things, that only the grace of God can carry them through. It's those sounds that I remember and that I lean on on a day like this, that you can hear the struggle, that you can hear how God is working, has worked. In this person's life. Sometimes I grew up and my grandmother would tell me, uh, I didn't really recognize it at the time, but my grandmother, who was a pastor back home in California, and she would say, sometimes when you don't have the words to say, you, all you got to do is just sit there and moan because the Holy Spirit can interpret a person's groanings in the inside. And as I hear that woman and I hear that will be called a mother of the church. If you need an idea of the mother of the church, that's the mother of the church right there the groans as she's beginning to articulate the grace of God. Today, we sit in this moment to say God is good. And scripture talks about that. Uh, Today, as I read this scripture, I want you to keep in mind why God has been so faithful to us. Well, why would God choose to be faithful to us? Listen to these words. Uh, I'm reading from Joshua chapter 4, uh, verse 21. (laughs) He said to the Israelites in the future, when your descendants ask their parents, what do these stones mean? Tell them. Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground for the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God, your Lord your God to the Jordan. Sorry, hold on. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had did to the Red Sea, and he dried up, dried it all up before us until he had crossed over. Get it together, Maurice. It's Juneteenth, brother. Okay. Verse 24. Verse 24. This is on me. He did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know that the hand of the Lord is powerful, and so that you might always fear the Lord your God. I'm reading from this scripture, and that cultural context of what I'm reading today is coming from a group of people called the children of Israel. And the children of Israel were this group of people that God continued to pursue and show up in their lives. No matter what it looked like, God continued to pursue this group of people. And the children of Israel had a tendency and a proclivity to continue to lean into God. They would go to church, and they had this cycle that they would go to church, and they would do all they were supposed to do, and they would honor God, and they'd be prayerful, and they'd walk in their authority that God had given them, and they'd do exactly what God told them to do, and then they start to get to this place of forgetting, and then God would have to rescue them because they would go into this calamity and everything would fall, and they'd they'd come weeping and saying, God, we're sorry. Why did we leave you? We don't know. We forgot. Sorry, sorry. And God would come back, and he'd pursue them. And this happened time and time again. And in this moment, Moses, the leader, you've probably heard of Moses before. He actually has died and raised up another leader named Joshua. Joshua is now the leader of the children of Israel. And as they're moving from nation to nation and they're going about, God has them come to this moment where they're right up against the Jordan, the Jordan River. Now, God promised them this promised land, and it's going to be all good. And it was the blessing where God was going to take them. But they get to this place where they can't get to the blessing because there's a Jordan River that they have to get past. And there's a Jordan River that I believe is in all of our lives. Because in this moment, they come up to the Jordan River, and they come to this moment, and God gives them instructions. And God, pretty much, long story short, is faithful, and he gets them past the Jordan. He does another Red Sea moment where they walk over the uh, Jordan River on dry ground. And the moment that they get to the other side of this victorious moment in their lives, recognizing only God could have done that, God says, stop right now and make a memorial. Stop right now and remember who I am. Stop in this moment to slow down enough And remember, I don't want you to forget who I am. I actually started to look at Scripture around this idea of remembrance. And literally, this entire biblical narrative that I begin to read and study about, there's a constant reminder from God, don't forget, remember. Remember, I actually want uh, to put on the screens. I started to pull up some, and this is literally probably an eighth of what I found. But as I start to look at it, as you look at the screens, there's this rolling document of just Scripture after Scripture after Scripture that talks about, don't forget, remember me, remember me, don't forget, And it's Scripture after Scripture, and it's Exodus, and it's Old Testament, and it's New Testament. And I believe that there is a remembrance. Go ahead and keep looking at the scroll. You can listen to me and look at the scroll. But there's this remembrance that God is emphasizing for us. Because I believe, don't we have the same proclivity as the children of Israel? That that we can get so caught up in doing something in our own might and think that it's us. It's us. See, Juneteenth is one of those days that we can stop and remember God's goodness, but it's also a moment to stop and memorialize and say, God, if it had not been for you. Because the moment that we start thinking it's us, God places us in front of a Jordan. The Jordan River is when I would articulate what you can't do in your own might. A Jordan River would be that thing that your degree can't get you past. Your 10,000 hours of 10,000 hours of whatever that looks like, Won't help you. All of your expertise and all of the things that you've done still won't do it. Your budget won't do it. Your 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 tax bracket won't get it done. Your relational equity, your, your network of people that you know won't get you past this. And there's some people in this room, if we are all honest, including me, that are finding themselves bound to things that's a Jordan recognizing only God can get me past this. Only God can deliver me from this, this addiction. Only God can push me past this struggle in my marriage. Only God can get us through this. And that was a Jordan moment. And today, as we stop to remember God, would you stop to think about your Jordan moment, your Jordan River, that thing that's before you that keeps coming up? And you think you're over it, and you think that you can rely on your talents and your skills, and you think that your gifts are gonna get you past, but you start to recognize that you are human, and a reminder of our humanity is Jordan moments. That it is only God that can push us past the Jordan, and some of us are sitting in a place where we need only a God moment. What's your Jordan this morning? Because if you have a Jordan, it's not something to be feel defeated about. It's something to be encouraged about that the same God that did it for the children of Israel is the same God that is with me. And I can overcome this. I think it's important for us to think about this because I heard a pastor once talk about um, this particular hospital. And in this particular hospital, they actually have this entire wing and unit uh, that is for uh, cancer patients. And in this particular hospital, every time someone is walking out that has fought the fought of cancer and they get a chance, then they, they, they beat it and they overcame it and they're able to walk out before they leave the hospital, they got to ring the bell. And they got to ring this loud bell, and there's these videos on on YouTube that you can go to and you start to see in this hospital that this person that has fought this big battle over this thing back and forth, and now they're cancer-free and they're walking out and they ring this bell. I think that ringing that bell is for that person to experience their moment of freedom, but I also believe that it's other people that's in the hospitals that are facing the same thing that hear that bell and say, maybe I can get through this also. And they hear that bell as they're lying in their situation and in their moment, and they get to think to themselves, someone else made it out. Maybe, just maybe, I can make it out also. Today, I want to ring the bell of freedom to articulate to all of us that God is faithful. And that bell for all of us is an encouragement that we can keep moving forward in all of our own lives. As you look at the children of Israel, there's a few points that I want to make when it comes to what a healthy rhythm of remembrance looks like for us. Here's a few practical steps of what we can take home of what a few healthy—when we have a healthy rhythm of remembrance in our lives— I believe it brings us to memorial moments. As you look at the text, it talks about how Joshua articulates and tells them, I want all of you, all the tribes of Israel, to grab a stone, and I want you guys to create a memorial. And I believe that, The church, the big C church, does a good job of helping people get through moments and get through tough times and get through hard seasons of their lives. But how good are we with really creating a rhythm of stopping to remember? That all of us have faced some things, all of us have come through some things. If you're either in a Jordan moment, right before a Jordan moment, or coming out of a Jordan moment, all of us have been through Jordan moments. And to realize that God is calling us to have a rhythm of stopping to remember. Isn't this the same words of Jesus right before he goes to the cross and he asks this communion moment, communion, this church word of stopping and taking bread and taking something to eat and taking something to drink to say, do this in remembrance of me. Because we have the proclivity to forget that it was God all along. So a healthy rhythm of remembrance helps us with memorial moments. So I ask you, when's the last time you created a memorial? When's the last time you commemorated and stopped and said, God, thank you. God, I wanna actually mark this moment as something that you have done in my life. Maybe you don't go outside and you don't grab stones. I'm not saying go find you a big old stone and start just building stones. Maybe that's not your ministry. But I want you to grab something. Maybe it's journaling. Maybe it's something where you get together with friends. Maybe you start to articulate and have your own little testimony service. Hello, somebody. Where you stop and remember and mark the moment to say, this was God. We do a good deal as a church, big C church, getting people through things, but we don't stop long enough to say, now let's mark that moment. When's the last time you marked that moment? That promotion that you got? That car that you got? That school that you got into, the person that you married, that you always wanted to marry, that, that situation that you faced, that apartment that you were able to get into, don't make it a big old deal. Don't make it a big, big thing. Acknowledge God in all of our ways. Like, we can acknowledge him in the small things. If you know about a testimony service, even Miss Lauren can testify to this, that sometimes it was just, Lord, I thank you for waking me up this morning. I want to mark the moment and say, Lord, it was you, and never let me, never let me get to a place forgetting that it was you all along. Sometimes it's just saying, Lord, I thank you. I thank you that I got enough money to put gas in my gas tank with all these high prices. I thank you, Lord, to just having food on my table, shoes on my feet. Lord, I thank you. I want to mark this moment to say it was you. That same moment that the mother of the church that I came from had in the bathtub, when she's running water and just stops and says, Lord, it was you that I can run this fresh water. And she's rocking back and forth. Where's your memorial moment to stop and say, I want to mark this because it was God all along. Because when we don't, drift happens. We start thinking it's us. And we start thinking that we got somewhere. We start thinking that it was my expertise. And it was because I pulled myself up by my own bootstraps. And it was my education. And I did this. And I got in that school. And I fought hard. And I did this. And it was me and as an individual. I got there. I fought for this. And you not recognize all that you know. Right where you are, it was God in his sovereignty and in his providence. Memorial moments, a healthy rhythm of remembrance helps us with memorial moments. Not only, is that, not only that, it helps us keep the main thing, the main thing. Sometimes I think that we can get so caught up in uh, just all that's happening and and things that's going on, and, and we start going on and on, and we start thinking to ourselves, you know, this person's doing this, and we start comparing our lives, and they're getting this further down the road, and we start missing out on recognizing the main thing. And a healthy rhythm of remembrance keeps us centered, keeps us with how the Bible articulates our eyes stayed on Jesus who is the author and fixer of our faith. It helps us make it through and keep our eyes towards the hills which comes our help. Our help comes from the Lord. A healthy rhythm of remembrance, not only as memorial moments, not only is it keeping the main thing the main thing, but I believe it helps out when it comes to those that are around you. When you mark the moment in your life of what God is doing, it's helpful for kingdom recruiting. It's a banner moment, what I call a banner moment. Uh, I grew up in l- east side of Riverside, California, this little school called John W. North. And John W. North, a rule-rule, CIF champs, you know, we do all our things. We do all this, right? We good, we all this stuff, all these accolades. But I remember I was in seventh grade, and I didn't even make it to high school yet. And I wanted to be like the Morton twins. It's another set of twins. I'm a twin. They were twins as well. They were killing the game. I mean, they were going up the coast. They were flying to different states. They were beating people. I mean, spanking people. I mean, just putting a whooping on them. And I thought to myself, man, I want to be like the Morton twins. And I look at my twin brother like, man, I want to be like Morton twins. The Morton twins went to John W. North. And I remember in seventh grade that we walked into the our school auditorium, and then we walked into the, the school gymnasium, and I remember looking up like I was a kid in a candy store because it had all these banners all around the school. And it had, you know, CIF champs, state champs, 1886, and 1999, and 2000, and 2000, oh man, I'm looking at all these banners, and they got the names on it, and they got the twins' names on it, Dion and Damon Morton, CIF champions of California. I'm like, man, I want to be like them. Because in sports, whether it was football and track, there was banners all across. And I said, if I'm going to be a champ, I got to come to this school because they know what they're doing here. Long story short, I did become a champ, but that's not the point of the story. The point of a story Not to relive the glory days, but to say that it was a recruiting moment because when they won the championship, they marked the moment with a banner and let others know this is what this school is all about. I'm here to let somebody know in this room that the things that God is doing in your life is not just for you, but for those that are around you. Amen. Somebody go ahead and clap. Go ahead and have a cultural moment. It's not just for you, it's for those that are around you. And when you mark the moment in your life, and when you stop, slow down enough to remember what God is doing in your life, and you let others know about the goodness of God, and you start to mark that moment, you start to have your own little testimonies, and you, you start to put on your own Facebook posts and your Instagram posts, what God did in your life, others get to see your good works and glorify the Father who is in heaven. A healthy rhythm of remembrance is not just for you, but for those around you. Not only is it a memorial moment, not only does it keep the main thing the main thing, not only is it kingdom recruiting, but this last and final point, I'm out your way. It helps us to faithfully and accurately tell of our history. Now, why would I put this? Why why would I mark this as something for us to think about, for us to something to, to, to lean into? I believe as faithful biblical witnesses of Jesus that the importance of our accurately and faithfully telling our history is not for some political points, not for some cheap attempt at trying to be woke, not for some sort of political agenda, not some left thing, not some right thing, not something that you saw on TV. It is a moment for us to say it is important for us to articulate the depths, the darkness, and the evils of our past because it's a testament to the goodness of God. Maurice, what do you mean? Amen, amen. Please, if you're gonna be in black church, then you can clap, it makes me preach better. Go ahead and do your thing. If you want to clap, if you want to say amen, do whatever it is that you need to do. But what am I saying here? I'm simply slowing down enough to say that we remember faithfully and accurately details of our past because it was in the darkest moments that God showed his power. You don't know the power of God until you are at your darkest. You don't know the true weight of God's glory until you are at your lowest moments. And sometimes those low moments happen, and God shows up to be faithful. And God shows up in our lives, and and we detail these things. It's important for us to accurately talk about the darkness and the evils of sin that we have to push back against because it shows just how good God is. I don't need a God that can deliver me from something light, I don't need a God that can help me out uh, with my taxes. I don't need a God that he's so strong that he can break me out of these curtains. It don't take a whole lot. But a God that can come down to this earth, live a life that nobody could live, and to die a death that nobody could die. See, we don't have no problem detailing the true history of Jesus' death on Good Friday because we recognize it points to the power of Jesus. Good Friday is not some joyous moment. It's about really talking about the gruesome death that Jesus died. And he didn't just stay dead for a few minutes. He didn't just stay dead for a few hours. He stayed there for three whole days. At the deepest, darkest moment, the scripture says that there was a darkness that covered the earth in this moment. And it was in that moment that Jesus got up. It's important for us on days like these for Juneteenth that we detail and faithfully tell the history of our past as a nation, not for some cheap political points, but because it speaks to the testament of how powerful God is. If he did it before, he can do it again. Amen, amen, amen. And that's what today is all about. That's what we stop in this moment to say is that we're going to have a healthy remembrance, healthy moments of remembrance in our lives, personally and collectively. And we'll look at the calendar, and we'll look at Juneteenth, and we'll say two words, two words. I talked to them earlier. We'll say what? Thank you, Jesus. Three words. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Not uh, what administration did this and what person did this and why is it a federal holiday? We we can ask all sorts of questions, but we also can stop and say, wow, look what God did for such a community that struggled with oppression and had to fight against the sins of this world. It was God that brought us out. It's God that's going to bring you out. It's God that's going to bring your family out. It's God that's going to bring your son out. It's God that's going to bring your daughters out. It's God that's going to help deliver any person that you're connected to. It is God and his power and in his might. And it's that power that I want you to hold on today as we have a a healthy rhythm of remembrance in our lives. I want to stop and mark this moment with prayer and simply not about anything else but to stop and glorify God. Would you join me in a moment of prayer as we culminate this moment and mark this moment a stone, so to speak, to say, God, it was you. With all heads bowed, Lord, thank you so much for this morning. Thank you so much for the freedom that can only be found in you. That even when there were physical chains on people, there was a freedom that you still gave them. And today, Lord, we may not have physical chains, but there are spiritual things that we are battling. There are things that we are wrestling with mentally. There are things that we are facing and have bondage that we are struggling with over and over again. And Lord, there is only a freedom in you that we can find. And we mark this moment to say thank you, Jesus, that where we are right now is because of you. And Lord, we are not where we are supposed to be yet, and we got a lot of work to do, but Lord, you brought us out, and we want to just stop and say thank you to remember you. Help us with this practically. Help us create journals. Help us create moments where we testify. Help us create moments on Instagram where we're posting about you. Help us to stop and just mark a moment to say, God, I thank you. Because it's when we have moments of memorial that you continue to show and reveal just how faithful you are to us. Thank you for being you. Thank you for delivering the ancestors of mine. Thank you for helping our nation. Thank you for the Imago day being made in your image. We mark this moment with your presence. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.